This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Hello there, how you doing? It's uh, Kevin Riley here, and welcome to Irish Time here on the Manitou People's Radio, the best community station in the province, as I say. I've got a wee bit of news here, which I'll just get stuck into, because I thought there wasn't a lot, but there's lots of, lots of bits and pieces. So we'll start off with uh, COVID, which is, uh, you know, uh, we're starting to you know crack it a little bit, or get it under control, but this is from uh, Ireland. The Department of Health has estimated 1,185 new cases of COVID-19. There are 292 people in hospital who have tested positive, a reduction of 17 since yesterday. This was, uh, I got this off the net during Wednesday. There have been a total of 5,179 deaths. That's a big number, 5,179 deaths related to the virus. Uh, Chief Medical Officer Dr. Tony Houlihan, Tony Houlihan, uh, so vaccines are very effective protection from serious illness and have fundamentally changed the risk profile of this disease. Since the 1st of April, apparently four out of every five people admitted to ICUs and approximately three out of every four deaths uh, were not fully vaccinated. That's interesting. It just seems America has been somewhere, something like 90% of the people that have died have never been vaccinated. But America, they've got, you know, in denial in some of those states. It remains vital that those who have not received the vaccine do so at their earliest opportunity. If you're fully protected through vaccination, then you have confidence that your vaccination and your continued uh, adherence to the public health uh, advice appropriate to the environment is the best way to protect yourself and your family and your friends. So that's uh, a bit of good news. Uh, The counties with the highest rates are County Monaghan, Donegal and Cavan, particularly uh, Donegal and Monaghan. There are 1,304 new infections reported in Northern Ireland alongside 10 further deaths over the summer period. Northern Ireland has plans to put in place uh, for a winter COVID-19 surge, according to uh, the First uh, Minister, Paul Gavin. Or Given. Uh, earlier, the Chief Medical Officer uh, of Health for Ireland said on, is, Ireland is on track to, uh, to proceed with the full lifting of COVID-19 restrictions next month. That's really interesting because I've been reading a lot of other European papers and seem, most of the governments are seem to not to vaccine. A lot of the population is vaccinated, not all of them, but they're pretty high percentages, you know, 70, 60, 70, 80%. And they are talking about lifting all restrictions. So that's going to be interesting to follow, especially since it's coming under winter, which is, uh, you know, not the best of times, really. Okay, so what else we got here? Uh, this is uh, the Democratic Unionist Party up there in uh, Ulster. Uh, plans by the DUP to boycott North-South Ministerial Council meetings could place £1 billion, yes, £1 billion of Peace Plus funding for, in jeopardy, according to Conor Murphy. Sermon's finance minister said the money needed approval at next month's meeting of the council. Last week, the DUP said it would boycott North-South uh, meetings until the uh, Northern Ireland protocol is changed. The DUP's da- Diane Dodds so there was no risk for funding and accused Sinn Féin of scaremongering. When Sinn Féin blocked uh, North-South Ministerial Council business for three years, solutions were found to ensure programmes could function. Uh, 
But Mr Murphy denied allegations that his party was scaremongering, insisted concerns over the funding was a fact. There is a time frame attached year by year to the one billion, and if it isn't spent, it can't be spent. If there are not going to be not being able to sign off at the, the next meeting, there is a huge jeopardy over the, the ability of the program to be to go to go forward. Gets that right, Kevin. The minister also added that the funding was due to be ready to roll out at the end of this year, and also needed to be approved by the Stormont Executive. On Wednesday, uh, Mrs. Dodds rejected Mr. Murphy's suggestion the money could be lost. The vast majority of that money is actually coming from the British government. The overwhelming majority is coming from London, and that is completely and utterly not at risk. Good luck to you on that, because I think the people in Britain and the government in, of Boris, Bojo and uh, Westminster are getting a bit peeved with uh, the comings and goings of the, the Democratic Unionist Party threatening this and that. But Mr Murphy also said there was a, a legal requirement for the money to be signed off by the Northern Ireland Ministerial Council. The debut should really consider the consequences of their actions before they take them. The North-South uh, Ministerial Council is the main body for cross-border cooperation between the governments of Northern Ireland and the rest of Ireland. It is attended by ministers from both sides of the border who oversee joint working in areas such as trade, food safety and agriculture. But last week, uh, <coughs> DUP leader Sir Geoffrey Donaldson uh, said his party would immediately boycott most meetings until his demands over the Northern Ireland Protocol are met. So in other words, they're threatening to pull out of the, the executive. That'll be interesting if they do to see what happens. Hopefully it won't be, you know, take over again being ruled by Westminster. Peace Plus is a successor to programmes which have run since 1995 in Northern Ireland and the border counties in the Republic. It is funded by the UK, Republic of Ireland and the European Union. Peace Plus is being managed by special European Union programmes uh, body. Northern Ireland and the border countries of the Republic have received more than €3 billion, Euros, that's £2.7 billion, pounds, in peace projects since this, uh, the scheme began. Some of the best-known projects are the Peace Bridge over the River Foyle and the regeneration of their Girtwood Barracks there in North Belfast. So let's hope common sense sort of, uh, you know, rules, as it were, and that, you know, they're not going to impoverish a lot of people and cause more riots, possibly, you know, people will be disgruntled. And what I've got here, this is about uh, the, the Queen and President Higgins. President uh, Michael D. Higgins has declined an invitation to attend a church service with Britain's Queen Elizabeth II uh, uh, next to Mark Northern Ireland's centenary. The service is being organised by the leaders of the main Christian churches and is being held in Armagh at the end of October. Spokesman for President Higgins said he is not in a position to attend the, uh, the ceremony. He said that this had been communicated to the organisers and that the President had converted his good wishes to the Queen Elizabeth herself. Uh, so in conclude, the President has welcomed and continues to welcome any opportunities to meet with Her Majesty and members of her family. It is understood that President's uh, attendance had been expected, had been expected at the event, uh, but uh, his office uh, have not explained why he will not attend that service. President Higgins uh, was today addressing... Uh, a group of EU presidents in Italy where they discussed the future of European cooperation. He is due to meet uh, Pope Francis in the Vatican on Friday. The Catholic Primate of All Ireland, Archbishop Ian Martin, will attend, along with heads from the Church of Ireland, the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, and the Methodist Church in Ireland, and other Irish uh, sort of uh, churches uh, at the meeting you know, for the centenary of uh, the, the founding of the state of Northern Ireland. In a statement, the church leader said, uh, the service of reflection and hope will mark the centenaries of uh, the partition of Ireland and the formation of Northern Ireland. So well, let's hope it all kind of works out. 
for uh, all concerned. And, oh, here we go. This is still about Northern Ireland. Uh, this is all to do with Brexit again. I mean, it's turned out to be a real bugbear for the North. Uh, dozens of Northern Ireland businesses will showcase their products and services at an exhibition in London. The Westminster event is part of the Northern Ireland Office's Centenary Programme. Business leaders will also attend a reception at 10 Downing Street on Wednesday, that was last Wednesday, attended by the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, Bojo. The government said it would provide businesses with an opportunity to network with international companies and investors. The exhibitors represent a cross-section of uh, sectors within the Northern Ireland economy and includes 12 startups. Representatives of Queen's University in Belfast, uh, the Ulster University and uh, Tourism Northern Ireland will also attend the event. Prime Minister uh, Johnson said the UK programme would continue to promote Northern Ireland's interest to boost, boost investment and jobs. Today I welcome business from across Northern Ireland to 10 Downing Street as they showcase their products and services to new, to new markets. From the potato crisp to vital health food products, helping doctors carry out life-saving work. Uh, this year we are celebrating the huge contribution Northern Ireland has made to our country over the past uh, 100 years and look forward to the enormous potential of its employers and innovators. Uh, First Minister uh, Paul Given again, U- Economy Minister Gordon Lyons and Northern Ireland's Special Envoy to the US, Trevor Ringland, will also speak at the event. Northern Ireland Secretary Brendan Lewis, who is opening the Business and Innovation Showcase, said it was an ideal forum to show the positive contributions of Northern Ireland firms to the UK economy. He said it reinforces the UK government's commitment to build back better by creating opportunities for businesses to flourish uh, through trade. The investment conference is one of those series events organised to mark Northern Ireland's centenary. So with a bit of luck, uh, we'll go ahead. Let's hope some good comes out of it. So what else have we got here? Ah... This is from Dublin, and it probably happened here. It's happening in other countries. Well, Boris Johnson has uh, increased tax through the national insurance scheme. Uh, just I mean, people will be paying more. Everyone. Anyway, warning over tax hikes to help uh, to help cover the government's spend. This is uh, this government in Dublin. Taxes will have to rise to cover any government overspend on areas like health and climate. The state's budget watchdog warns. Uh, four weeks from the budget today, the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council said the government has left itself little room for manoeuvre and has avoided making the hard choices. Well, I think putting up taxes is certainly not something that people want to talk about, particularly politicians. Hiking spending and lowering taxes while the economy is growing is a risky strategy that could lead to price rises and abandoned uh, reform pledges. At the moment, the government plans to increase current spending, ramp up investment and introduce tax cuts all at the same time. This avoids hard choices between different priorities, and that's a lot to be asking of the public finances at this time. It really is, you know, trying to bangle up taxes at the same time and then sort of having to put it. It'll be be added on to somewhere else, you know, GST or VAT. Somewhere along the line, there will be a catch-up. There is a concern that rising, uh, that, that rather that reducing taxes at a time when the government is planning to spend a lot more money might seem like a slightly odd uh, so maybe a, a bit more consideration should be given to ra- raising taxes to pay for higher investment or higher uh, current spending, but that's not a recommendation. On a positive note, the watchdog uh, group said, the economy is recovering uh, swiftly as vac- uh, vaccinations progress. And unwinding and huge savings accumulated by Irish households should mean a faster bounce back in the economy. Good luck. Uh, this could help limit lo- long-term lo- losses following the pandemic. 
However, he believes the government has uh, enacted a major shift in policy by running deficits out to 2025 instead of balancing the budget as promised in the programme for government. In the summer economic statement in July, uh, the finance minister, Pascal Donoghue, said he, uh, he would let spending overshoot revenues in order to pay for extra pandemic support and improve public services, like housing, because they're really in dire straits. It uh, amounts to an investment of almost 50 billion euros. That's big biggies. 50 billion euros in infrastructure over the, the coming four years. Just like uh, Joe Biden in America. You know, just all this kind of infrastructure in a lot of Western countries has just been neglected for decades. And now the time has come to rectify that in some way. It said a commitment to raise uh, permanent spending by 4.2 billion in budget uh, 2022, a 5.5 increase, while cutting taxes by 500 million euros was the limit of what is prudent. That'll be interesting. I'll follow that with interest to see what happens. It'd be the poor people who who'll be paying for it in the long run. Make no mistake about that. That's always the way when it comes to tax cuts. They're so unfair, you know. Uh, it said that uh, there is very little detail on the economic uh, aspects of the recent uh, Housing for All plan. Ramping up construction too quickly could put pressure on supplies and nudge prices upwards in the sector. This means to be, this, this needs to be monitored very carefully. And many actors are a kind of a speed limit on the ability to ramp up investment. Increasingly volatile corporate tax revenues are also of concern, especially as a global tax uh, tax deal due to be signed next month could lead to losses of two billion a year. That's all the you know Google and a number of other big, particularly all American companies who have their headquarters in uh, Dublin. They just operate out there, but they don't actually operate businesses from there, it's usually in America or some other European countries, but they use Dublin because of the moderate, you know, the tax. They have to pay virtually nothing, you know, compared to other European countries. Anyway, given the risks, the government will need to, st- will need to stick to its plan at, a, at a, a very minimum, with additional spending beyond the summer economic statement plans to go through higher taxation. So by the end of the summer, they're going to be, you know, which is vast, vast approaching, they could be in a wee bit of trouble. And now we've got something here. I find that, I just find this of interest, really. Nancy Stewart, one of Ireland's oldest women, dies at 107 years of age. One of Ireland's, one of the Republic of Ireland's oldest women has died at the age of 107. Nancy Stewart from Clannard County Meath died peacefully in her family home on Friday last week. Her granddaughter, Lewis Coughlin, had been shielding with Nancy uh, at her home since uh, COVID-19 restrictions came into force uh, in the country last year. It's quite a while. Uh, Miss Stewart said her granddaughter had found social media f- uh, fame by attending virtual, masses ser- virtual mass services across the 32 countries on the island during lockdown. Uh, speaking to the BBC Northern Ireland, uh, she said that because they had been shielding for so long together, she was constantly trying to f- find different ways of keeping Granny I- entertained. Miss Cogner said that while, when she asked Nancy if she wanted to watch Mass, her eyes lit up, and I've never seen her so happy. It was like she'd won a million euros. Uh, the late uh, Miss Stewart described herself as uh, so happy and refreshed, uh, sitting happily in her kitchen in the comfort of her armchair watching Mass. Born in uh, 1913, just the same year as my mother, late mother, uh, Mrs. Stewart was older than the, co- the country she lived in and lived through the Irish War of Independence, two world wars and two global pandemics. That's the present one and also, uh, you know, the flu. Or rather, 
Yeah, the Spanish flu, not was it. Um, Mrs. Coughlin described her late grandmother as forever the other half of my heart, forever my reason to smile, even when I felt low. Uh, in a Facebook page uh, on Friday, she 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 paid tribute to her grandmother, describing the the, the nine one hundred and seven year old brother as my world. The world doesn't seem as half as bright with her without her in it. But I know she will she will find me she will find a sparkle in my eyes when we t- when we meet again. We will meet sometime in the not too distant future, and I hope she will have the kettle on. So there you go. Isn't that kind of neat? You know, sort of uh, you know looking after your granny. How important is that? Etc. Etc. You know, especially at 107, that's a, an amazing age. And you know, to all, to everyone, you know, you know, it's something you never think about. You're ever going to get to 100, but 107 is something else. And now this is from the Belfast Telegraph. I found it interesting mostly because I'm from Belfast, as you can possibly tell. Jimmy Doran thinks of home all the time. Says uh, Keith Bronikins, Belfast moving. Uh, uh, this is a movie about Belfast, and it's about their, this kind of you know, they're growing up there and the stories they had to tell. Jimmy Doran has told how he thinks of home all the time and how his head was very much in uh, this part of the world, Belfast, when he was approached by Kenneth Branigan again to start his upcoming movie Belfast. Doran, who plays a pa in Branigan's semi-autobiographical that's it uh, movie. Said during lockdown, he started working on it at, on his own Belfast scene project due to uh, how much he was thinking about home. Uh, Doran said the script appealed to him because it reflected what was going on in his head at the time. Speaking of diversity, variety rather, the star of the fall in the Fifty Shades trilogy, he said, I left Belfast 20 years ago when I was 19, and I think about it all the time. I think about the about home all the time. I think about families still there. Uh, which, which is true. Most people of Irish descent who are living in other parts of the world still have you know family connections to the you know, old sword. So uh, as a result of that initial lockdown, I was thinking about home so much. I was also writing a script about home, which uh, would have wouldn't have happened without lockdown. So in my head, it was very much a part of my world. And then a script comes from uh, through called Belfast with a note that can. You know, Kenneth, that is. I wanted to talk to me about it, so it was kind of took my mind off things, and I, I read it, and it was a beautiful package. Belfast follows a nine-year-old buddy, uh, played by a rising star, someone called Judd Hill, whose life changes overnight when the troubles break out in Belfast in the late sixties. Uh, Doran's character, Pat, is a working-class father of two. He spends weeks away from his family, uh, earning a living in England. That's so true. People I used to grow up with, all, most men went over to England. Uh, were there for, like I've said before, you go up there over six weeks and sometimes to try and get home for the weekend. But it was mostly uh, just to send money home, basically. It's not much different here. I learned a lot of people from the islands in particular, the Pacific Island people, do something similar. They might not go back so often, but a lot of their money is sent back home. I felt that I knew Pa, I know I knew men like him. My father was a bit like that, and his father before him, and uh, the father before him. That was just the history of Belfast, really, and Ireland in general. Even before the conflict began, there was something about the people in Belfast. They've always been up against it a wee bit, which is true, given the, the history of the place. Yeah, it's never been a particularly easy place to live since 1920. Basically, there's been a certain divide, and that's uh, caused a lot of friction. And there's been a lot of friction. They're called the Troubles. Doran, a father of three, said the story resonated with him and he felt it was a, an important one to tell. 
It's hard to even think about it. If my family was now put in the situation where overnight everything changed and there was danger outside the, the door, where there used to be peace and, sanct- and sanctuary, outside that door suddenly overnight became something completely different, hostile and dangerous. I feel as a father now I can recognise the moves that I made uh, to make sure the safety of my family. This guy trying to make right for his family really resonated with me. Uh, I will my whole career try to give the opportunities, tell stories from that part of the world because it's important to me. It's important people know and understand what the reality is for the people from that part of the world. Uh, Branagan, who described the film as a heartbreaking, heartwarming, in part said he and Dorian had talked about the full, the pool of home, particularly for the for the Irish. If uh, half the nation travels away from its uh, as a troubles from it as a matter of course then pull up and head home the certainty of home is made clear and then we obviously wanted the centre of it to be a little boy who was from there and who could could have open eyes and present and live in the present within uh, five minutes of on any given day that's where I'm absolutely felt I was back in Belfast 1969 and back in a certain part of Belfast doesn't say where Belfast which uh, stars uh, a number of people is in the cinemas on November this 12th. So I must look out for that over here. It will eventually, hopefully, turn up. It won uh, the Toronto Film Festival. That's why I got it off the net. So it's on its way. Okay, and this is another good story, I think. Irish priest living in the Philippines has won a lengthy battle to stop men marrying girls as young as 12. Dublin-born Father Shea Cullen, who has been living and performing missionary work in the Philippines since 1969, has been campaigning and lobbying for years in light of reports that around 800,000 young girls get married off to local men every single year. The 78-year-old priest, who was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for his humanitarian work in uh, 2017, has convinced authorities to hand out prison sentences of up to 30 years to anyone who marries a child. Good on him. A recent, uh, a recent UNICEF report claimed that around one in five teenage girls in the country have been sexually abused in some way, and that around 1.2 million girls aged between 10 and 16, right, 10 to 16, have given birth to at least one child in the last decade. It's a form of human trafficking by the parents or relatives who, for a payment or as a dairy, which can be money or animals or a piece of land, give their young daughters as young as, like I said, 12 years old, to an older man as a, a live-in, he, you know, mostly because they need the money. It's just a means selling it. And it's not just in the Philippines. I think it happens in a number of other sort of third-world countries. It revealed that local governments have been accepting bribes to look, after, to look the other way. But with the new laws, every single arrangement is now illegal. The only plausible explanation for the delay in introducing the, the ban is that politicians are corrupt, Father Colin says. That's very true. I don't have a lot of time for that uh, president of uh, the Philippines who's coming off a re-election. Or, or maybe he's just going to stand down. You know, his, his war on drugs just kill, kills all of the, the younger people that don't actually go after the people that are important to stuff. And, uh, you know, the cartels, it's just kind of the street runners, you know, the mules, whatever you want to call them. They go out and sort of think, oh, we're winning. Every time you kill one of them, there's always someone to replace them. Or oh, they're subject to the influence of paedophile groups and have uh, therefore allowed for 90 years a 12-year-old girl to be sexually abused by a 20 or 50-year-old man without any legal consequences. Because of his opposition, to the father uh, Colin had been threatened on numerous occasions during his 50-year stint in the Philippines. 
His opponents even falsely accused him of child rape back in 1999 in an attempt to smear him. But his work and resilience seems to have finally paid off. So God bless you, Father, and well done. We need more people like that out there who's got the courage to stand up and be counted, even though your, your life is under threat itself. I'm talking now, it's about a Belfast Missile Company, Thrills, T H A L E S, Thrills, awarded a Ministry of Defence contract. This is because of you know the latest thing between Australia, America, and the UK in submarines, you know, nuclear power. The Ministry of Defence has awarded a Belfast missile maker two contracts worth tens of millions of pounds as part of a program to develop a weapon system that uses no ammunition. Uh, Thrall said it would create 40 new jobs and uh, retain 140 posts, mainly at facilities in East Belfast. They said the president employs around 600 people. I think that's in the, the whole of the UK. Thrall's will share in the, <coughs> 72, the company will share in the £72 million contracts produce direct, directed energy weapons. Uh, which use laser and radio technology, radio frequency technology. It is a move that could change the face of the future battlefield through the, the ability to detect and disrupt enemy targets. Royal Navy frigates will start experimenting with the new laser technology in 2023 using un- uh, unmanned aircraft and uh, marine projects, or targets rather. The Minister for Defence, Procurement, Jeremy. Ger- Jeremy Quinn said it was a part of a 6.6 billion investment in research and development across defence over the next four years. Directed uh, energy weapons are a key element of our future uh, equipment uh, programmes and we intend to become world leader in the research, manufacturing and implementation of the next generation technology. Uh, The chief executive said our Belfast side has a proud history of delivering innovative solutions for the UK armed forces, and we are excited about this next step forward in the business evolution. These contracts are uh, potential game changers to tackle emerging threats and will uh, inspire the next generation of engineers in Northern Ireland. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of the usual rhetoric, basically. You know, it's good for you. Give a few jobs and people will be happy. But we'll see. It's got a long way to go yet. Just like the the American, Australian, and UK, uh, you know, run with the nuclear missile, uh, with rather, yeah, nuclear weapons on their nuclear pod ships, I should say, sorry. But, you know, because of their, basically their threat and hostility to the concerns about China in this part of the world. New Zealand didn't get invited, and people were getting upset. But what they failed to tell you is New Zealand didn't get invited, but neither did Canada, because they're the other two countries that make up, they are the two countries along with these three, that make up the so-called Five Eyes. Uh, Canada never even got a look in, so I don't know if they're actually uh, interested or totally on, uh, you know, didn't want to know or whatever. We, we'll never know because it never came out, out over the radio. It was just about New Zealand. We're so, you know, badly put off by all these uh, uh, procurement of all these submarines and that we are going to be, uh, you know, a minor player, which is true. We are a minor player, and I'm kind of pleased about that person. I'm not really interested in nuclear-powered submarines zooming in out of uh, our part of the world, if at all possible. Because undoubtedly at some t- stage in the near future, there will be a lot of conflict between the West and the East, as it were. Anyway, that's enough of that for a week. Anyway, so have a great weekend and take care and be kind to one another and God bless. See you later. Bye. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. 
Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. <laughs> <laughs>